Hi, and welcome to Sexy Todo Eso, sex ed for the Latinx millennial parent. Join me and my co-host Stephanie as we tackle the topics of parenting and sexual health in our community while breaking cycles and building relationships in our families. This is the last episode of our first season. We wrap up the year with a reflection on our first season and some holiday tips. Have a listen. Hey everyone, my name is Stephanie. And I'm Ceci. Welcome to Sexo y Todo Eso, sex ed for the Latinx millennial parent. If you're joining us for the first time, we're so happy you're here. And we hope you go back and listen to our episodes and check out our platicas. And if you've made it this far, welcome back, y'all. Today we wrap up the season with our holiday special. To recap the season, we've talked about starting sexual health conversations with our young people, navigating mixed messaging, handling difficult questions, consent, and all things puberty, physical, emotional, and social, all within the context of Latinx culture. Not to mention the platicas we had this season with our friends and family about their experiences with sexual health. Yes, and last week we unwrapped our Spotify wrapped and we shared it on our Instagram page. We really want to express our gratitude to our friends, family, anyone who joined us and shared their experiences on our platicas. Um, thank you guys for your time, your vulnerability. Um, I know it meant a lot to us, um, and I'm sure a lot of folks out there um shared similar experiences. Um, we also want to thank y'all for your support and listening to us. None of this would have been possible without y'all tuning in each week and kind of um, keeping us accountable and, and giving us a little bit of uh, gasolina to keep going. <laughs> um, we also wanted to do like a quick, quick debrief um, of our thoughts for this season, things that we learned. Um, this being our first uh, podcast, I think it was a new experience for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to have done it with you, Ceci. Oh, but- thank you. <laughs> uh, I am curious, though, which episode was your favorite to record? My favorite to record... I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed the puberty episodes. I like how we went kind of like very deep into each aspect of, of puberty. Um, but I, I think I really liked our, our consent episode. I think that was really interesting. I think it, I think it covers a lot of the different topics that we, like it crosses over with a lot of the other topics that we touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say that that was my, my favorite. What about you? You literally read my mind because I think I, I loved how we did the, the puberty pieces and how they all kind of mm-hmm. come together. And, you know, we based it on um, the way that we would implement it with our students um, and putting like a parent perspective on it, I think was pretty cool. And then obviously consent, too, because like you said, it overlaps mm-hmm. with so many other things, even though most people just kind of think consent applies to like sex and sexual activity, when in reality it applies to everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> so, as we had this experience, 
I wonder if we want to do like a quick um, rose bud thorn of our first season and what that was like for us. Let's, yeah, let's do it. You want to go first or should I go first? Well, since you brought it up, I'll let you go first. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. Let's see. Um, The Rose was, honestly, how many people listened to our episodes? I I was not coming Mm -hmm. in with any expectations. Um, I was just thinking about, oh, this is like a cool project I'm going to do with like my friend and we're going to have fun and we're going to put some good information out there. But seeing folks actually like tuning in and listening and sharing it on their Instagram pages and just, you know, being so supportive. I think that was my, my Rose. I really, really appreciated all of that. Um, but I think we tried some things, some things worked, some things didn't. So I think that's kind of like where we need to, like, Mm -hmm. we found a lot, we learned a lot in this Mm -hmm. experience. So I think we kind of like found our groove, found what worked for us. Um, when it comes to, you know, recording and writing the episodes and the topics we want to research and put out there. Um, so that's my butt, something that I think we'll continue to work on and continue to improve on. Mm-hmm. And my thorn is, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't think of anything that's like super, super thorny. Um, <laughs> but I think if I had to pick one, it would be, um, just balancing stuff out just i mean and this goes with anything you do right like mm-hmm. work family just balancing all our projects and all the things that we want to do and and spend our time doing um can be difficult but i'm really glad that we um put in the effort to to maintain it and and keep each other accountable mhm for sure yeah i think my rose too i i, I didn't think we would get the reception that we got um, and I love seeing when people, you know, would comment or even like DM us, like, thank you for doing this. Like, I feel seen, I feel heard. Um, so that was really cool um, to kind of, you know, look at and listen to and take it all in. And um, my bud, yeah, I think just figuring out the kinks. Um, I think we're pretty good at giving each other feedback and being honest with each other. Um, yeah, and receiving that feedback too. I think yeah. we've kind of learned to to be really receptive and open. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just keeping that kind of – I think that's why I, I initially reached out to you because I'm like – if I'm going to do this with someone, I'm going to do it with Ceci because we we just work so well together um, mm-hmm. when we did our groups and the yeah. parent groups. And, you know, any time we did presentations, like just the flow of our working styles, like just complemented mm-hmm. each other. Um, and then the thorn, definitely time management. Like... I think we knew how much time this would take, but then at the same time, I don't think we knew how much time it would take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely putting 
uh, more on the planning side, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and also managing our expectations maybe a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like being giving ourselves a little bit of grace and not expecting too much. Yeah, <laughs> I think for some of the platicas, I was just like, you know, the audio's quality is not there, but fuck it. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to publish it. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Uh, yeah yeah for sure um but it's it's been a great experience and like you said we we've learned so much and like we learned a new skill we got out of our comfort zone because we don't like oh (laughs) yeah public speaking Mm uh but yeah it's it's been it's been a wild ride yeah yay well i'm glad you you asked me to come on it with you. That's exciting. Um, and we also wanted to kind of check in with ourselves a little bit about our platicas and all these great conversations we had with, with folks. I think this wasn't something that when we were first planning this out, it wasn't something that we, um, planned for. Like Mm -hmm. initially the platicas weren't really a part of what we saw for this podcast, but, um, as we were like building it out and started to get going, um, having those first few kind of like sessions with friends, we we're like, this could be really great. Like mm-hmm. we should continue doing this, right? We should continue having these conversations with people. Um, so I'm really glad that that organically kind of like happened and we decided to make it a part of this. Um, so going into it, what were your expectations, Stephanie, of, of our platicas and what that experience would be like? Uh, well, like you said, I'm I'm really glad that it just came up. Like, it wasn't planned at all. Uh, but we saw something. We're like, hey, maybe we should actually make space for these conversations. Um I think I expected not that many people because I I mean I asked everybody like <laughs> hey do you want to talk do you want to talk about sex I know on a podcast I I don't think I expected that many people to say yes mm-hmm. uh, but I'm really happy that a, like, a lot of people said yes to it yeah you became like an expert sex reviewer. <laughs> yeah i was like all right i'm gonna anytime like i would bump into a friend like hey like you wanna be interviewed and they'd say yes i'm like perfect um i still have to get my partner to do one um he he's a little worried about his and i'm just like it's gonna be fine but He's a teacher, so oh. he's like, I don't want anybody to listen yeah. to this oh. accidentally. But and I'm like, oh yeah, like I had never thought that's of that understandable too, so. completely. Yeah, <laughs> and he teaches like what high school or, or middle school or something, right? What middle schoolers? Middle, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I understand <laughs> where he's coming from. Uh, what about you? What did what were your expectations for the podcast? Yeah, so I also, I was hesitant, like I was wondering how many people were actually going to want to be recorded, right, talking about this. Um, And I also expected the conversations to be 
like the, the similar themes to come up, right? Like, so we know sex ed's not great in this country. So I really had the expectation, oh, we're probably going to hear about how bad their sex education was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something I thought of going in. Um, and it did. It did come up a lot. Um, and also about the different themes around, you know, how difficult it can be to talk to um, your parents and other, you know, growing up, other adults um, that were around us about sex. Um, so I think those were my expectations, like having similar themes coming up. Um, mm-hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised to have so many people uh, willing to have these conversations with us. I thought that was amazing and and so awesome. Um, and a thing that I want to do for the spring or for the next season is um, – because I know this season I was a little – you did most of those interviews, which is awesome and thank you. But I do want to do a little, few more. I know I was super busy with – um life but mm-hmm. yes i really am i really enjoyed the ones that i did and i i, I really want to do more of those yeah and i think our listeners really liked our platica so that's something that we'll keep doing for sure mm-hmm. so what surprised you um that i mean this wasn't exactly surprising it was just really nice it was like really nice to see and to hear over and over again how how many people are wanting to offer something different to the young folks in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I expected folks to, I expected that to come up, and I expected people to feel that way. But I, I don't know. I think I was surprised anyway um, of how mm-hmm. how much folks want to take their own experience and and kind of use that to to offer something um, better, right? Right. Um, so I really like that. I think for me, two things stick out to me that kind of surprised me. Um, the first one being, you know, I asked around, uh, you know, I asked so many people to, you know, be interviewed and, you know, all of them said yes. What I was surprised about was a lot of them wanted to remain anonymous um and i think i think i don't know why that caught me by -hmm. surprise but i think it's just like people are wanting to open that door right open that communication because you know what we know and what we've learned growing up is to keep it secret right and um to not talk about it and you know that journey Mm -hmm. can be difficult and trying to open that door, right? And trying to break that stigma. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, even if someone is open about it, you know, that doesn't mean that they don't want to be private about it either. Um, so res- respecting that privacy, I think. And, you know, obviously we're, we're not going to force anyone <laughs> to come on here and, and share their experience if that's something that they don't want to do. Um, but it, it did surprise me. And then the second thing was, as I was interviewing, you know, my friends and colleagues, I noticed that the the ones who identified as women received some sort of formal education, mm-hmm. like from their mothers about like their periods, right? And that that's like what really sparked any sort of sex ed or conversations about sexual health 
um, in their families. And then that was it, right? But, and that's not surprising because, I mean, that's what I knew growing up and that's what I heard others say, right? What did surprise me was, you know, the interviewees that that were male, like they didn't receive anything, like not even about like puberty, Mm -hmm. like, from their fathers or their mothers or any other adult for that matter. So like they went in blind almost. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like shocking mm-hmm. to see um, or hear about, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Exa- and I think, I don't know. I, I feel that for um, people who like have periods that that's like a very, mm-hmm. um, defining kind of like characteristic of puberty right it's like this is it it's happening this is but i think for people who don't get periods there's there's less of a a physical manifestation of it i guess yeah there's other things that happen um but it's not as evident i guess um and i guess it doesn't warrant a conversation, I guess. Like, oh, yeah, you're growing facial hair. Cool. Like, we don't need to talk about it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, but but definitely it's a disservice. I mean, everyone should have this kind of education, right? And mm-hmm. these, this knowledge, this information. And I think um, it would definitely. From all genders. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll definitely prevent a lot of confusion and a lot of. <laughs> misinformation um and getting information from unreliable sources Mm -hmm. that the people need to turn to because who else are they going to talk about these things with right um and so what are some things that you would say we learned from this process from this experience or you learned well, I mean, strictly speaking, when, when we're looking at the the data and mm-hmm. Ceci, you know, I'm all about the data, um, especially now as a doctoral student, like I can't, you can't get away from it. <laughs> I can't get away from it, even though I don't want to be around it, um, <laughs> but our most listened episodes were our platicas Mm -hmm. and that just and that just shows you how powerful storytelling is right and listening to people's experiences and you can give all the education and information in the world but there really is a power of listening to people's um, experiences and stories Oh, yeah, for sure. Totally agreed. And I think that um, speaks to how different and impactful things could be if people just decided to share these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not only on a podcast, but like with each other, with their friends, with their um, children, with, you know, just the other people who could listen to these stories and either um, identify with them or maybe learn something new or a different way of handling a situation. And I think that's... Mm-hmm. That's really great. Yeah, definitely. I know, and information can be hard to um, to keep in our brains, like you know, to to really absorb it and and um, and remember it. But stories um, 
just leave a deeper imprint, mm-hmm. I think. Definitely. It's always like, oh, I remember she said this or he said that, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And the good thing is they're recorded. <laughs> so if you don't remember, you can always go back and listen to it again. <laughs> These are anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, but agreed. Completely agreed. I um, That is one of the things also that surprised me, how, how interested folks were in that um, story aspect of it um, and people's personal experiences. What would you say you learned Um, from this podcast? I learned that, that we just talked about, and also a lot of tech stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I learned how to make a podcast. Um, No, but really, this was, I don't know, all around, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from people. I learned um, a lot from putting a information together in a way that's because there's so much to say about each of these topics so many things Mm -hmm. and we know that we can't spend two hours talking about some of these things right even though we there is information for two hours so how to be concise how to deliver information um that's relevant that's important like hitting those bullet points in a way that flows and that doesn't um feel uh, cut short but it also doesn't take three hours <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I'd also say too I think we learned how to lean into our talents I think um, I mean Ceci you're mm-hmm. you're a great writer you have experience in writing and if you didn't know fun fact she writes books in her free time <laughs> Sorry to put you out in the spotlight, sissy, but, um, you know, and, and you did a really great job of scripting the information, especially in a way that is digestible. Because I think a lot of times when you're talking about health and science and, you know, all that stuff, it could be very technical and boring and dry and um, it can go over your head. Um and so really being intentional mm-hmm. um, with the tone and the information and, you know, like, especially the examples that we give out, too. We want them to come from, you know, our personal experiences as well as, like, the um, our culture, our Latinx culture, for sure. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and... I think, like you said, like each of us playing into our strengths. Um, definitely, I really enjoyed the, you know, writing aspect of it, the putting it together, the doing the research, looking into, um, you know, the different topics and, and what made sense to to deliver. Um, and then you, like, oh, my gosh, the Instagram posts, they're so pretty. And really leaning into that kind of, like, creative mm-hmm. side of it um i think both of us kind of leaned into our creativity like our mm-hmm. own creative like niches um for this project and I, I i really enjoyed seeing that kind of like come together um yeah that was that was the fun part mm-hmm. was <laughs> the designing part the designing part <laughs> yeah, yeah the i graphics enjoyed that too and- 
I know. And then that felt so like, I felt so uh, professional, like choosing our colors and choosing our fonts and doing all this, like. Doing um, mock-up layouts. and Yes. That was fun. I liked it. And thank you for putting in all that work and all that effort while completing a doctoral degree. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. I That was a very good distraction, I would say. And I don't regret not working on papers to, to do the podcast <laughs> for sure. Um, so in wrapping up this season, we've also thought about what we want to bring, um, into the next season, right? So sexual health and comprehensive sex education is something that, um, I feel the topics are never ending, right? There's always something Mm -hmm. else to be added, something else to be discussed, something you could, um, intersect with another aspect of, of sex ed or our lives. Um, so we definitely want to continue on to this road. So, um, we want to talk a little bit about what are some of the things that we're thinking about for next season. Yeah. So for our next season, we are going to dive deeper or at least a little deeper, um, with some of, um, topics. Um, and we hope to bring some guest speakers who are experts, um, in those respective areas, but we're thinking about sexual and gender identity, birth control, pregnancy and abortion, pleasure, porn and technology or sexting, uh, reproductive justice, legal rights of young people, how to navigate sexual abuse or trauma, and young parenting. So this isn't a definitive list of topics. Like Ceci mentioned, there's just a never-ending list of topics um, in regards to sexual health. So if there's anything specific that y'all want us to talk about or cover, please let us know. Um, We do this for you all. So if there's something that, you know, is really um, important to you or you want to learn more, let us know. Um, And of course, like I mentioned before, we will continue our platicas. For sure. And um, we also wanted to, we know it's a holiday season and this is a time where maybe we're coming into contact with a lot more people than we usually do. Family members, friends, traveling, being outside of our environments or having uh, other people come into our own spaces and our own environments. Um, So you just want to talk a little bit about self-care, some things to keep in mind as we navigate um, this time of the year. So for adults, right, for us as parents and caregivers, um, navigating the pressures of, of family, right, when we meet up with with um, people, especially people that are might be older than us, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, godparents, <laughs> uh, even friends, right, um, those social pressures of, mm-hmm. you know, dating or your romantic relationships or how you might be parenting your child, um, or pregnancy, right? You, we've all heard those questions of like, el novio, la novia, um, cuando me vas a dar nietos, right? Like, when are you gonna have grand, when are you gonna give me grandkids, mm-hmm. right? So, those types of pressures that come from families. Um, if you know, you're the person receiving on the receiving end of these, making sure to, you know, communicate if you feel comfortable and it's safe to do so, obviously, if you 
you know, communicate those boundaries, right? Oh, you know, I don't feel comfortable with those comments or, you know, those questions. Um, or, you know, like, I, I know, like, in our heads, we're probably like, oh, it's none of your damn business. Why are you asking me this? But maybe saying that a little bit more nicely. Um, <laughs> and if you're the person asking other people this, just don't. <laughs> you know, just don't do it. Um, yeah. You know, it's a time to come together, spend time, quality time with others. Um, if if this is someone that you know might be okay with these types of questions or welcomes them or they might bring up the topic themselves, then, you know, great. But, um, yeah, you know, just respect other people's boundaries, I think, is the is the thing to keep in mind. Um, and for little kiddos um, – Holidays can be especially stressful for younger kiddos, for toddlers. I mean, it's stressful for everyone, but um, for toddlers and mm -hmm. young children, these experiences are still newish, right? They're still learning um, how to mm -hmm. navigate them, how they are not around all these relatives or all these people all the time. Um, so they might be, uh, they might act up more than usual. They might be fussier than usual. They might be more emotional. Um so keeping those things in mind when we uh, are dealing with younger people and also that they might not be comfortable with a lot of like physical contact, right? I know, especially in, all, in our culture, it's very common mm -hmm. to, you know, hug and kiss and all of these things, which are really great if it's something that you enjoy and something that you welcome. Um, but for a lot of kids, that might not be the case, right? It might be that they need some time to warm up to new people. Mm -hmm. um, some kids are really into, you know, giving hugs and giving kisses. And they're like really comfortable with that physical connection and physical contact. And that's great. But some kids are not. So just really keeping in mind um, mm -hmm. and tuning into especially physical cues, right, from ch from from children, if they're not um, leaning in, if they're pulling away or if they're, you know, waving their arms, no, <laughs> or if they're saying <laughs> no or crying, crying. Like, don't force yourself on <laughs> I'm giving them a hug or giving them a kiss. Uh, wait it out. A lot of kids just need a little bit of time. And if that's something that's important in a family, um, giving that, giving them that time to become comfortable with that, um, it's just going to make it um, more pleasurable, right? And mm -hmm. to give those kinds of um, physical affections. Right. And I think one way – that you as a parent or a caring adult um, can, I guess, stand up for your kiddos is like, you know, letting the adults know like, hey, you know, mm -hmm. like so-and-so isn't okay with hugs or kisses, but they like giving high fives or, you know, fist bumps or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Offering alternatives, definitely. You know, and, and being sure to like, even if, you know, the other family members still insist on hugging or, you know, I, I see this a lot with like little babies, like pinching the cheeks. And, you know, if that's something that, you know, they don't want, you know, assertively letting them know, like, hey, no, like, that's not okay. Right. Like, this is our boundary. Please respect it. Mm -hmm. um, kind of deal. Um, I think are some ways that us as parents and caring adults um, can step in for, for our young people. Yeah, definitely acting as advocates. Um, it's a really, it's important for us to get into a habit of, and it's also important for our kids to see us 
um, advocating for them as well, right? It, mm-hmm. it goes back to building that trust and building that connection, and um, it just strengthens that relationship, right? In regards to like children and how it can be stressful for them as well, um, and I, I know sometimes we're like, what, like kids can be stressed during the holidays um they can like they're just getting gifts yeah (laughs) yeah but i say this you know like if they have like a crush um like if they're younger or you know they're middle school high school age you know there is that pressure to give gifts to their crushes um and so it can there's that social pressure and then there's that inner partner pressure, right? Like if they're dating, um, you know, and a lot of times like teens, like mm. especially in middle mm-hmm. school, they don't work. So it, yeah, th- there's just so many factors that go into their stress um, during the holidays. Um, and not only just gifts, but also you know, there might be pressure to engage in sexual activity during the holidays too. Um, So being on the lookout for that and being aware um, that that's something that your team could be experiencing. I think just having that conversation with them, checking in with them, um, reassuring them that they don't need to be doing things they don't, they're not ready for. Um, so, yeah, I think just checking in with your teen or your young person during the holidays, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, on a topic kind of like tangentially related, um, during the holidays, there's going to be a lot of new people in the home or maybe around even our younger kiddos. And we want to make sure that we talk to them about body safety, right? Mm, and just mm-hmm. impress upon them um, that if anyone does anything to them that feels uncomfortable, touches them in a way that is uncomfortable, that it's not good, that it's not okay, it is never their fault. And it is mm-hmm. always okay for them to tell us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just really having those conversations. And even if they might be too young to have like a sit down conversation about those things, checking in with them, right. Whenever they've been alone with, with another adult, with an mm-hmm. older, you know, child in the, in the home, um, checking in, Oh, you know, how did that go? How did you feel? What did y'all do? Right. Just having those conversations, um, can, can really be helpful in preventing abuse, mm-hmm. um, especially around these times of year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And trying to minimize, like, trying to minimize time alone with other adults, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. With other adults and even other just younger, like, older, older children as well, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, definitely all of these things come up during the holidays. A lot of A lot of good stuff around the holidays, a lot of stress around the holidays a lot of trauma around the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> They're just all over the place. Yes. So that's why, you know, we can't express enough uh, self-care for yourself, 
for your young ones. Um, I know it's it it can be hard to do, but just taking that that time for yourself um, to give yourself grace too, um, mm-hmm. especially if you've been trying to open these conversations with your kiddos about sexual health. Um, give yourself grace. Um, you know, do that. You know, yoga session. Do that. Um, you know, 30 minute reading time. Um, even if it's just taking a nap, um, mm-hmm. let your kid watch TV for an hour. <laughs> like, just do that for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for staying with us, and we hope you enjoyed our last episode. We want to wish everyone. Um, a Feliz Navidad, Happy Holidays, a Happy Hanukkah, um, any holiday that you celebrate. Um, and we want to wish you all a very happy new year. Um, follow us on Instagram at Sexo where you can stay up to date on when our next season will premiere. In the meantime, check out our stories to ask your sex questions. Um, DM us about y'all's experiences with sex ed. We'd love to hear with you. If you like what we have to say, please subscribe to our podcast again so you don't miss our season two premiere. And remember, make good choices. Adios.